Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. So if you want to invest in real estate, you have to know that there are a ton of options out there. There's single family housing, there's office space, multifamily, industrial, countless asset classes for you to pick from. And some of them are more risky than others. So here's a breakdown of some of the most popular real estate asset classes ranked from most risky to least risky. Now, before we begin, I want to start by saying I'm just a little bit biased. Our portfolio here at Invictus Capital is solely made up of multifamily apartment buildings. But that's not to say that I don't have any experience in these other asset classes. So I've bought and sold single family homes. We rent this office space for our capital raising HQ. And at our manufacturing company, we rented out an industrial space. And while multifamily real estate is by far my favorite, I'm gonna keep this fair. And on top of all that, there's literally mountains of data available going back decades where you can track the performances of any of these asset classes. So you can kind of fact check me. So with that said, let's jump into the most risky investment that you can make in real estate, office space. Now I'm sure you've seen all the headlines in the news about the downfall of the office space. The commercial real estate marketing is crashing, right? Commercial real estate is an umbrella term and anything from multifamily to, to restaurants fall into this category. So while these headlines aren't totally wrong, they're definitely generalizing. And we've done a couple podcast episodes breaking down exactly what's happening within this asset class. So I'm gonna link those episodes down below if you wanna hear more. Now with office space, you're dealing with an asset class where the supply and demand can vary dramatically. And we're seeing this now more than ever. Take a look at any urban area and you're gonna see a massive dip in demand and a huge influx of supply. So minus the effects of a global pandemic, office buildings can provide a great way to generate multiple revenue streams because they're often developed for multiple tenants, not too different from multifamily. Only the leases are significantly longer, ranging anywhere from five to 10 to 20 to 30 years, which can be a good thing if you've got a renter and you've got them locked in for a long time. So with a healthy supply and demand in the market, this can reduce your risk by a ton. Now, obviously, that's not the case right now. And that's why this is going to be the riskiest investment you can make in real estate today. But if you're going to go into office space, make sure you have a strong grasp on the location, its economy and its job growth. So our next riskiest asset class is single family homes. All right. So the big boogeyman with single family is obviously the 2007, 2008 financial crisis. We're going to put a pin in that and let's not hold that against single family because that was almost 15 years ago. Let's just look at it based on the merits of the asset class right now. My big problem with single family is that you only have one tenant in there. So when they move out, you're vacant, you're hundred percent vacant. And there's not a ton of cash flow typically on these assets. And the real big problem with this is that even when they are fully occupied, you're probably not cash flowing a ton. So if the roof goes out, the boiler goes out, all that cash flow that you might have been saving up for the last year or two or three is suddenly gone out the window to replace a $20,000 roof. Suddenly that $100 of cash flow every month isn't looking so good. And then finally, the last thing I really don't like about single family is just the valuation model. It's all based on comparables. So you're really getting lucky based off of what your neighbor sold their house for. 
If they had to sell for a big discount, that's gonna negatively affect your valuations, which is a real bummer. Now with that said, single family can be really great. It's definitely a, a fantastic place to start out. You can get FHA loans, you can house hack them. They're a fantastic way to get into the industry. You can also do really great work with fix and flips. However, you're gonna naturally hit this glass ceiling where you can only scale so far, at which time you're gonna wanna look at one of the other asset classes. All right, so next up on our list is multifamily. And I said I was gonna be fair and unbiased, so that's why I'm not putting it at the very top of the list. Now, multifamily is a great investment, especially if you're a passive investor. In most locations, there's a constant demand for apartment rentals, even in a bad economy, maybe, maybe even more so in a bad economy. The cash flow that you generate is multiplied by the number of units. So unless your building is entirely vacant, you're going to always have cash coming in. Now, sure, the maintenance and management required to operate these properties are going to be a lot higher than they would be in office or industrial, but you've got the cash flow in multiple streams of income from parking and pet fees and laundry to offset that cost. One of my favorite things is with a good business model, you can force appreciation and greatly increase the value of your property when it comes time to refinance or sell. With say single family homes, that value is gonna be entirely dependent on the neighborhood, no matter how much you fix that home up. So in pretty much every single way, our risks are gonna be spread out with multifamily to the point where you should be able to make it through any obstacles that arise. And investors who are looking to passively invest in multifamily, they're always asking, well, what's the catch? What's the risk here? And I don't wanna make it sound like there are no risks, but certainly the biggest risk is always gonna come down to the operators, the people who are running these assets, whether that you're, that's yourself or you're trusting another organization to do it for you. Because you're dealing with tens, 20, 30, hundreds of units at a time, that means there's a lot of operational complexity. If you're doing it yourself, this is the big leagues and you could easily strike out. Whereas if you're trusting somebody else to do the work for you and they turn out to be a crook and run off with your money to Mexico, well, that's no bueno either. So before you get into any deal, regardless of the asset class, you gotta make sure you vet the operators, make sure they're being transparent, take a look at their track record, get to know them and make sure that you vibe. Because once you find a great operator, all the work and risk is really out of your hands. All right, so our next asset class is not all that different. In fact, in a lot of ways, I really like this asset class. It's industrial real estate. So here's the deal with industrial real estate. Over the last 10 years, it's been performing marvelously. However, there are some big issues that I personally have with it that make me consider it to be fairly risky. Now with that said, are the risks really that big? Probably not, but are the rewards that big? Not really. So let's break it down. So here's what industrial's got going for. It's got strong, long leases. You got fewer tenants to deal with. In a lot of cases, you can push off your expenses onto the tenant in something called triple net leases, which is awesome. But those same pros can also be cons. For example, with office space, you have fewer tenants and their needs are gonna need to be dealt with in a relatively bespoke way. So you're gonna have server rooms for tech companies. You're gonna have a larger bullpen for call centers. Now, now take that and multiply it by 10 for an industrial space. In most cases, industrial tenants have only one tenant with a very specific need. So a meat packing plant is not gonna mesh very well with an industrial waste management plant. And again, this can be both a good thing and a bad thing. It's great because you're providing a space for a single tenant and you're more than likely customizing it to fit their every need. So why would they ever need to move out? Well, shit happens. And when it does and they do have to move out, you're gonna be left with a building that has a very specific purpose looking for a very specific tenant. So the potential holdover for industrial real estate can be far greater than office space. However, with today's booming markets in e-commerce, tech, and manufacturing, 
Demand doesn't really seem like it's been an issue and it doesn't seem like it's gonna be anytime soon. And with all that said, there are really great returns to be had in this asset class. Your overhead costs are gonna be a lot lower than what you would see in office space or in multifamily even. So if you can fill the lease and you can keep it leased, you're gonna be set, you're gonna be doing pretty well. And yes, I love multifamily, but it does not top the list in terms of risk. For that, we look to industrial. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.